My girlfriend's coworker hated me, so I exposed that she was cheating on her husband. So this story took place over a decade ago, but it is something that I think about from time to time. And I need to know if I was the jerk for doing what I did. You see, during this time, I was dating a girl for about two years or so. And it was one of those relationships that you look back on and realize that it should have ended way sooner. But what can you do, right? That's life. Well, anyways, this relationship had a lot of ups and downs like any relationship might. But some issues started because my girlfriend got a new job at a fancy little self-care place. I don't want to give out too many details of her workplace for the sake of not doxing her or myself. One of the first issues that came up from her working here was she was getting a little too close to a guy that worked in a nearby shop. Now I want to point out that I wasn't a jealous guy at this point and I never cared if my girlfriend talked to other guys because well I had a lot of friends that were girls that I wanted to talk to so fair is fair. That's until she told me that this guy was getting a little bit aggressive and kissed her. Her explanation to why he was able to get this close was because she felt like I didn't care that she was talking to another guy. Basically she wanted me to be jealous of this dude. She was that type of girl and I think you can see why this should have ended way sooner. Anyways, after this point, I started getting a little bit concerned about her hanging out with other dudes. Also, I know what some of you might be thinking, he kissed her? Sounds a bit fishy, and I agree, but I was super young at the time, and you know the saying, young, dumb, and full of, well, you get the picture. After a whole discussion about this incident, things changed and she stopped talking to this guy and we tried to move on with our relationship, but the intrusive thoughts of my girlfriend talking to other guys would happen from time to time. It didn't help that my friend had a coworker that was pretty promiscuous. You see, this coworker was a pretty attractive woman who was married and had a kid. But she also wasn't scared to openly talk about her adventurous life. She even sold adult toys on the side. Now I want to make it clear, I don't have an issue with people that do any of this. To be honest, I actually find these type of people very interesting nowadays and even support their work. But back when I was young and dumb, I thought this coworker was a bit sus and I didn't like that she seemed to be getting pretty close to my girlfriend. Turns out the feelings were mutual because my girlfriend would tell me that this coworker wasn't too fond of me either. Now I'm not too sure if you've ever been in a relationship where your partner has friends that don't like you, but what usually happens is that particular friend most likely badmouths you when they're in private. And since they work together, I'm pretty sure this happened a lot. I have no idea what my girlfriend at the time was telling her. Like I said, this was a relationship that probably should have ended way sooner because of all the ups and downs. Well, one day I come to find out that this coworker has been making a bunch of comments about me because I wasn't the happiest about my girlfriend buying some of her merch. Again, I was young and dumb. I thought my girlfriend was buying these certain items meant that I wasn't good enough for her. I could care freaking less about this type of stuff today. But after hearing a bunch of these comments, it sealed the deal for my hatred for this woman and I vowed my revenge. But I had no idea how I was going to do that. I mean, in reality, I didn't really talk to this woman. I basically found out everything through my girlfriend. But remember how I said this coworker was really open about their life? So open that she told my girlfriend that she met a new man the other night and they hooked up. She said it was one of the best hookups she had because this guy was packing, if you know what I mean. She went on to say that she really likes him and would be seeing him again. In case you forgot, this coworker is married with a child. Cue revenge plot. If I'm being honest, it's always been a fear of mine of my girlfriend possibly cheating on me, especially after the whole kiss event. But I've never liked cheating, period. My first ever girlfriend cheated on me, so I've always hated the idea of cheating and people being unfaithful. I mean, if you want to hook up with other people, just break up. So once I found out my girlfriend was getting close to a woman who was married and cheating on their husband, I could only imagine what ideas she might be putting into my girlfriend's head. So in my mind, I wanted to knock her down a peg before she poisoned my girlfriend's mind. 
Granted, I know this sounds like my girlfriend couldn't think for herself, but I'm just giving you my perspective on this whole situation. Now that I know that this woman was cheating, I needed to find a way to expose her, but I didn't know how. Like I mentioned, I didn't really talk to her much, and I definitely didn't know her husband. But then it hit me. I knew exactly how to expose this cheater. Not everyone will remember this, but there used to be a very popular gossip website that exposed people and even celebrities at the time. Well, you could search by city on this website and see what was happening around you. So now that I had the way to expose her, I just needed some evidence. I couldn't just call her out and say she cheated. There needed to be some kind of connection or paper trail that could lead back to her. It was at this moment that the revenge god sent me the perfect gift. My girlfriend came home one day and was super pissed at this coworker for some reason. I don't remember what set her off, but basically she didn't consider her a friend anymore. But she also let me in on some more information about this coworker's affair. Turns out that this coworker was going to meet her new lover with another friend who was also having an affair. Think of it as a cheating double date. But they were going out that night. So I decided to write up my exposed post for this gossip website. I used the people's names that were involved and gave all the details that I had about the affair. I even mentioned that they were on a double date on this particular night. I felt like something was missing from the whole post to really set it off, but I didn't know what it was until I realized that the woman the coworker was going out with posted a photo of them hanging out that night. So I used that photo as the cherry on top to accompany the post. Now I wasn't completely moralist in this whole situation. I told my girlfriend what I was going to do and if she was cool with me doing it. She told me that she didn't care and I kind of think she wanted to expose her. I believe she got to meet the husband and child a few times, so she probably felt bad that this coworker was cheating on her family. So that's all I needed to send out this post. If I'm being honest with you, I didn't think that this post was gonna get any traction and get back to the cheaters. I thought it was something that was gonna get buried under all the other crappy people that were being exposed on that website. Welp, I was totally wrong because not even 48 hours later, the poop was hitting the fan. My girlfriend came home letting me know that the coworker was in a panic because someone exposed them on a gossip website. Turns out the other married woman was the one that found out first and called the coworker in a panic that she was going to get caught and didn't want to end up getting divorced. The coworker was stressing out because I don't think she had a good enough alibi to talk herself out of this. Turns out that by this time she had been meeting up with this secret lover a few times to hook up in parking lots and stuff. I'm a bit fuzzy on the details, but I vaguely remember my girlfriend telling me that the husband did find out about the affair. But I don't know if they ended up getting a divorce because my girlfriend didn't stay at that job much longer after that. So yeah, that's the story about how I got revenge on my girlfriend's coworker who hated me. But let me know, am I the jerk? Wow, this was a wild story and I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm curious about this website the OP was talking about because I remember a couple of sites like this back in my day. I don't think any of them are still active because everyone just exposes people on Twitter now. I will say the OP does come off a bit insecure here. They were pretty vague on the details of exactly what was being said about them, but nonetheless, I can't say I blame him for exposing the cheating coworker. I'm all for people living their lives the way they want. If you wanna hook up with a bunch of people, good for you, but it shouldn't come at the expense of others. This coworker was probably having a good time while the husband was at home with the baby, which if the roles were reversed, we all would hate the man in this situation. My only hope is that the men that were getting cheated on in this 
story ended up getting out of these bad relationships because I don't think there's any way to work through those types of issues. My entitled parents made my life hell, so I had to outsmart them in clever ways. I'm an only child, not much extended family, and both parents were certainly doing their best, having themselves been poorly treated growing up, but sometimes a person's best is still not ideal. I grew up with this kind of parenting style where the kid could never win. There was always some sort of power trip physical punishment for no clear reason that would increase in severity if I so as much asked what I had actually done wrong, which led to you never question me. I had to follow weird rules to the absolute letter that didn't make much logical sense, but they only applied to me. My dad was the most controlling and would often try to intimidate me. Someone once said that he had small man syndrome, and at the time I guess I was the only one smaller than him. I would cop it if I did not do exactly what he said in exactly the way he said it. Being pretty bright, I learned to find loopholes in his rules, and he couldn't say anything about it if I exploited them because I'd technically done what he asked. This story is about one of those times. I was careful not to do this so often in case he stopped being so super literal. To set the scene some more, I was a neglected child. My parents were the right-wing Christian hippie anti-vax type, in the sense that I was homoempathically vaccinated. But honestly, they would make sure I took the full course of what was essentially sugar pills so I didn't even have to claim being homoempathically vaccinated to my name. With the ironic exception of that, all forms of sugar were the devil. And at some point, I even remember not being allowed things like apple juice because it apparently made me hyper and I would run around a lot. I grew up on goat and soy milk, not cow's milk, because it leaches calcium from the bone. I couldn't be myself. I've since learned that I'm naturally peppy, so you have to understand that I was fed in a way that discouraged this. Of course, our house was so quiet that you could hear a pin drop on the other side of the house. I had high anxiety and was depressed at a fundamental level. I wasn't encouraged to go out on play dates with school friends. I wasn't allowed Barbies in case I tried to be too sexy. I wasn't allowed to watch Sesame Street because Oscar the Grouch has a bad attitude and it might rub off. I constantly would get asked by kids in my class if I was anorexic and I didn't even know what that meant. On the rare occasions that I received lollies or chocolates as a gift or prize, they'd go up on a very top of a pantry out of reach, but within eyesight for a time when I deserved to enjoy something a little special. They stayed up there for years. Typically, that pile was only ever added to. Maybe a couple of times I remember being allowed to select one single item, literally a single lolly from a party flavor lolly pack kind of thing. Occasionally on holiday, I'd get to have something yummy as a treat, but it was usually my mother sharing something with me in a close and secret way so my dad would never know. One morning on holiday, we were having toast for breakfast. I had two pieces of toast on my plate. On the table was a nice proper jam, as well as the usual, for example, Marmite despite being Australian. As expected, I was not permitted jam in everyday life, and I knew never to ask. But we were on holiday and it was proper jam. I hadn't done anything wrong lately, And I thought not being able to have jam once was stupid. I asked and I was told no. I asked again, adding, but we're on holiday. I never get to have jam, please. My mom conceded, saying something like, oh, come on. We rarely go away and it's lovely jam with real fruit. But it was my dad who decided this stuff. Eventually, he conceded. Yes, okay, but you can only put jam on one piece of toast. I thanked him and repeated, I can only put the jam on one piece of toast with my knife? 
He said yes. I clarified again and he said yes. So I did. But he hadn't specified the quantity or the manner in which I had to eat it. I grinned, this big I got you grin. I put heaps of jam on one piece of toast. He tried to stop me, but I reminded him of what he had just said. I took the other in my hand and I smushed them both together. His eyes bugged out of his head. When I pulled them apart, both pieces had the perfect amount of jam. I said, oh wow, I thought I wanted to have a toast as a sandwich, but actually I changed my mind. Oh well. I was then able to enjoy two delicious pieces of toast. The look on his face was magical. He was angry and tried to tell me off. I reminded him that he had already confirmed a few times that I could only use my knife to put jam on one piece of toast. He was flustered because I had beaten him. My mother had a very amused look on her face and I think she was a little proud. He couldn't punish me directly for having too much jam as he hadn't specified the quantity. Technically, it was in the rules. I can't remember what happened afterwards. I wouldn't be surprised if I somehow copped extra for an unrelated thing. Most of my childhood is a weird blur, but there is always a silver lining. I learned to be very quick-witted. I am very good at noticing discrepancies, logic gaps, and loopholes. I only exploit them if I think the person is being objectively ridiculous, and even then, rarely. It's a power that should only be used for good. But let me know, am I the jerk? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dude, reading this made me kind of sad. Like, at times, I thought my childhood was bad because I had dyslexia and I suffered from, like, bad middle child syndrome. But then I hear some other people's issues that are similar to this OP's and I just think, maybe I didn't have it that bad. In reality, though, I definitely know those things in my childhood have affected my mindset in adulthood. But I hope this OP has a better life now and can fully and truly be themselves without the fear of getting punished. Being from the South, stories like this are all too common. Why, yes, I would love to convert a 10-minute task into a three-day project. I work in the events department for a large company. Projectors, microphones, computers, etc. If it was required for an event, then we handled it. And it probably passes through my workflow for helping to organize. My department also handles catering for events. While it's not my team specifically, we work side by side. The associated director runs the catering and events coordinator. My manager only runs the AV side, but doesn't report to the associated director. 
Don't ask, it's a messed up org chart that nobody can make sense of. Despite it not being specifically part of my job description, I also do the technical side of getting new staff members online within our system. Getting their staff account created and also getting Teams and OneDrive online on their mobile so they can see all their paperwork. The reason why I'm happy to do this is because with the catering team being a revolving door of staff, normal in my industry, getting them online needs to be done immediately and fast. You can go to the great IT team to do this, but you could be waiting days for them to get around to it. Whereas I can do it within five to 10 minutes with them. And staff that aren't online on our system can't work. H&S forms are part of this setup. Therefore, they wouldn't be able to complete their assigned shift and IT won't touch the request until they show up for their first shift, at which point you'd then wait days for them to get onto it. See the flaw in the logic? Note, setting up a new account also involves setting up their personal work email, group email access, system permissions access, and to a limited extent, their access to card swipe permissions. Normally this would all be done by the security team, but 10 years at this company really comes with its perks of being connected to the right people. And when you want to get something like this done fast, it's often easier for one person with permissions to do it as opposed to multiple people in their workflows. Second note, if you're asking why a rotating door of catering staff needs personal work emails and group emails, this account setup is supposed to encompass more than just them. Well, recently my boss has thrown another bout of trying to micromanage the hell out of my team. We all hate it, but I guess we can just ride out the wave again. The associated director asked me to go to one of our offices on the other side of the city to set up a group of new staff with one large batch order. My owner looked at the request, got one of those time for some micromanagement shenanigans faces. I said, hey boss, associate director wants me to go to the other office to set up some new staff in the system next week on Friday. Mm, no, I need you here in case something happens, OP. Very busy day on that day. There's nothing on the roster for that day. I'd still be available remotely. Just write the associated director a document about how to get people set up in the system. He can do it himself. Uh, are you sure? I can do it fast because I'm trained on the system and he isn't. Including travel, I'd only be gone about three to four hours. Writing the document on how to get someone set up in the system would take much longer. Write the document and put everything he needs to know in it. It only needs to be what? Half a page? Can't be that hard. Everything? All right, cue malicious compliance. What my boss expected was a half-page instruction manual on getting a new account created within the system. I don't think I could have kept it that short even if I tried. What followed was a three-day project writing out the instruction manual for how to get someone set up in the system, which was comprised of 34 pages, not half a page. Large portions of it were troubleshooting steps, accounting for different modules of phones, and likely fixes when they do weird things. iPhones are great because they work. The infinite variations of Android phones can sometimes throw up strange errors either on the system or within the phone itself. Most of the information here was collective knowledge I've built up over the years, as well as who else to phone in IT for those most outrageous issues that had to be solved that I didn't have permission for, and who could genuinely do it immediately. I warned the associate director that this was going to be a very large technical manual and he should probably read it before heading into the office. Uh, isn't it like half a page? My boss said to put everything in it. Oh no. What followed was the associate director attempting to take somewhere between 10 to 20 people through this very technically written manual about getting someone set up in the system. To anyone who is not technically inclined, this could have just been a different language. After 30 minutes, he called me up 
put me on speakerphone with the camera to the new staff and said, just do it. Sitting at my computer, I spent the next 40 minutes getting everyone online. Technical support over a phone can be straining, if you know what I mean. And they were all fine to start their shifts. Finally, the associate director asked me something in private afterwards. OP, did it really need to be that complicated? Actually, I summarized some of the sections to make it easier. I didn't want to make it difficult for you. Wasn't my intention. But my boss told me to write everything down, so I did. Good to know. Thanks. Following that weekend, I was notified that I was requested to go to a new staff member setup. I should find time when I'm available and go do it, irrespective of other tasks. Not sure what happened up top, but I think my boss got a very heavy smack for it. But let me know. Am I the jerk? Oh man, being the computer guy at some companies with employees who don't often use computers can be a pain. At my old job, we had a lot of lifers, people who have been with the company for over 30 years. So when it came time to get them to do updates on the computer, we would have to make sure that their area would be covered because someone was going to have to show them and walk them through the whole process. If one of your employees knows a fast way to do something and it's done properly, just let them do it instead of micromanaging. It will save you a lot of stress in the long run. My boss tells me to start using icebreakers to talk to customers to start to get them to buy stuff. Some of them get the wrong signal. So the story is over a decade old. Back when I was fresh out of college and dedicated to doing nothing for as long as possible. I worked for an electronics store, a big one, and lasted there for about 18 months before I realized I was wasting my time on garbage pay that I ended up blowing on games and movies. My manager, Bob, was a pretty decent guy and I never had too many complaints about him. Although he was wasted at this particular store because he was a pretty good manager. I could tell he was getting a lot of flack from the GM, Jim, because home theater sales, which was me, were stagnant. Clarification, good but not growing. And not hitting our ridiculous quotas. I worked in the morning until afternoons when there was about 10 people visiting the department in total. And you could tell that 8 of them were just watching TV waiting for their spouse's cell phone plan to be activated. Unfortunately, since there was so little foot traffic, management's decision was to drill into us how to use every marketing slash customer manipulation tactic to encourage people to buy things. I was a good salesperson. I could sell the crap out of a home theater using tactics such as getting customers to use their imagination about their options or presenting new options in ways they hadn't considered. I listened, I learned about their needs and what they were looking for, and they frequently left the store with something completely different than what they thought they needed. I recalled the number of returns I had was so small that I could probably count them on both of my hands over 18 months. I, however, was completely freaking disinterested in marketing tactics, sales tactics, or manipulating customers for upsells, or changing how I communicated with them to speak their language in a way that marketing showed increased sales, but was blatantly manipulative. Screw that. So when Jim tells Bob about their new push to encourage customers to buy things they normally wouldn't buy, he knows I'm going to be a challenge, but he does a pretty good job at trying to convince me. He comes to me while we're at a floor meeting and he asked me to try to break the ice with the customers by chatting them up a little bit about topics unrelated to their viewing habits, home theater, etc. To get them to like me enough to want to make a purchase. Malicious compliance time. I was ready to quit and move on. I was no longer interested in playing this game. He wanted me to try to break the ice with people, so I started flirting with all the customers. Black, white, guy, girl, rich, not rich, old, not old. Everyone got a smile and compliment about their outfit and I could pair them to a celebrity that they reminded me of, if possible. I was good at it too. I kept it completely mild and inoffensive. 
Our uniforms were really blah, and I wasn't really trying, but on more than one occasion, a bored older woman or housewife gave me their phone number. Overall, numbers started going down because I was busy chatting with customers over making sales. So eventually, I got hit with a secret shopper and the jig was up. Bob finds out about this from Jim, and I can hear him laughing from across the store before coming to the department to ask me to go to the back of the store for a private meeting. He wrote me up for inappropriate communication with customers. I told him I wasn't going to sign the write-up report because I had received no directive saying I couldn't flirt with customers. It wasn't a violation of the employee handbook either. I made sure. And I never said anything that was offensive or sexual, even though several customers took it in that direction. But more importantly, I was giving my two weeks notice. But if the write-up was a deal breaker, I could leave now. Bob was sad that I was leaving, but understood. Jim was pissed that I was leaving because I was a good earner, even though the department goals were ridiculous. There's not a lesson from this for managers out there, so don't read into it. I was just a clever jerk. But let me know your thoughts. Am I the jerk in this situation? I actually really like this malicious compliance. When I worked retail at a big warehouse store, we oftentimes had to push upgraded memberships and I absolutely hated it. I just wanted to be a good cashier, not a salesperson that tried to push things on people that didn't need it. So I find this OP's malicious compliance hilarious. Also score for picking up some ladies numbers. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.